How's it going? I'm so glad you're here. Can you believe it? It's still happening. My name is Mark. 
I'll be your camp host. Welcome to Hobo Safe Camp. I'm just, I can't believe we're back doing this again. It's, it was, was such a great experience. I'm happy to be back doing Hobo Safe Camp. It's been a little while, been about a year, maybe a little bit longer since I did the last episode of Hobo Safe Camp. And a lot has changed since then, but a lot's still the same. We're still the same guy with the same desire to hear your stories. So, and I, and I think that you're still the same people with the same desire to hear the same story, not the same stories, to hear all these different stories. So come on, gather around the virtual campfire. We're gonna do this thing. Um, by the way, like I said, my name is Mark. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at Art Bell is dead. You should also follow Open Lines Radio, which is at Open Lines Radio. And while you're there, why not follow Hobo Safe Camp uh, at Hobo Safe Camp? I may start getting back into this Papa Hobo character a little bit from time to time and posting a little bit more often there. So follow all of those. In the meantime, we're here and it's now. So settle in and be here and now with us. Today, I'm so happy we're joined around the virtual campfire by Soraya the Great of the band Rosie Copacetic. She is also the host of the Sainted Path Netcast. You can listen to that right here on Open Lines Radio. And I know I don't really remember the specifics of how Soraya and I uh, came to know each other and become friends. Um, I know she used to buy tarot readings from me. Um, but here's a funny story. <laughs> I about a year ago, last year sometime, Soraya and I hatched this plot to create an online journal. You know, like um, publish something yearly or bi-yearly, collections of writings and other art, like a mixed media thing that we would post online. We would put a call out for artists and have them submit. And that's about as far as we got with it was that initial idea. Uh, we both had shit come up in our individual lives and we pretty much abandoned that project without another word about it, probably about the day after we spoke about it. But look at where we are now. We're actually doing it. Without speaking another word about it, we did it. We're doing it. And just by being here listening, you're doing it too. So let's do it. What are we waiting for? We're here, right? Let's do it. Friends, family, Colleagues, I implore you, pick up your end of the cosmic tin can telephone that stretches from your bedroom window, across the yard, through the fence, and into your best friend's loving voice. Listen to the words. Soraya the Great, ramble on. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all along. I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all alone. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. Your name. Mm -hmm. Soraya the Great. Yeah. How does it feel when you hear me slaughter it every week? You don't. Is that okay? Is Soraya okay? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm really glad we're talking about this, actually, because it keeps coming up lately. Uh, for my whole life, I never really, I never thought about the way that other people were saying my name because they were saying my name. So my, my dad is Egyptian. My mom is Iranian. 
And I was born in New Jersey. So in Arabic, my name, Suraya, is, uh, I guess, kind of how everyone in my household said it when I was growing up. But my mom named me after the queen of Iran, Suraya. And when she would introduce me to people, like when she would bring me to school and stuff, she would call me Soraya. Uh, and that's what people at school would call me. So it was never it was never something that I had to think about. Like nobody ever really asked. They just started saying my name and that was that. When I go to coffee shops and things and I have to give someone a name, that's when I hesitate because it feels weird to be like, oh, okay, here's this is going to be a challenge for you. Like, I'm just trying to get through this interaction right quick. I don't want to we don't need to stumble here. I'm Sarah or I'm Julie or I'm whatever name comes like whatever white girl name pops into my head first. So I had a barista point that out to me recently. And uh, she asked, she was like, is it Sarah with an H? And I said, it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not my name. <laughs> and, uh, and she was like, oh, well, what is your name? <clears throat> and I told her and she wrote it on the cup and she made the effort. And it was really, really nice. Wow, that's really thoughtful. <laughs> nice. And I started thinking about how strange it is that it was so nice. I mean, it really, like, I carried that shit with me for, like, the next week and a half. And then other people, my friends, started to started to go, like, hey, well, you're, like, say your name again? You say it differently than I say it. How come you don't ask me to say it like you do? Because I never thought of it, because it never came up before. Or when it did, my, my siblings all have, you know, Arab and, and Persian names as well, so... They get their names mangled. I mean, butchered. I mean, it's ugly. <laughs> I get off pretty lucky because people are technically pronouncing my name correctly, um, just in a way that is comfortable for them. So, yeah, honestly, I don't think I have a problem with it. I think it's dope when I told my boyfriend that he had to be able to say Suraya because that's different. <laughs> like, I can't I can't have my family making fun of me forever and going Suraya <laughs> when I'm with my peeps. So aside from that, I really... You can call me whatever you want. <laughs> when I try to say anything other than Soraya, it, it mm -hmm. sounds worse. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like Soraya. No, no, that's not it. Oh, no, Soraya. that wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> it does become a very, uh, a very embellished thing. I'm into it. If people want to start announcing me, I'll take it. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um... I've really been enjoying listening to The Sainted Path right here on Open Lines Radio. And the one thing about it is that it really feels like, in fact, I've said to people, like, I've had, I was talking to Soraya the other day, and it's like, wait, no, I wasn't talking to her. <laughs> I was just listening to her podcast. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it, it really does feel like there's this conversation, but it's really not. It's really, it is really kind of one-sided, which is kind of why I wanted to talk to you today, mm -hmm. because I wanted to... I have some questions that yeah. um, I maybe want to go a little deeper than where you're comfortable touching on. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's be uncomfortable. In the Sainted Path. And, and by the way, if you haven't listened to the Sainted Path on Open Lines Radio, you definitely should. All of them. I think there's 11 or 12 of them. <clears throat> I, I want to go back something you talked about in your very, I think it was your first one, maybe your second one, about your dad. Mm -hmm. And kind of what that's kind of that, that experience of mm -hmm. um, we don't have to go over the whole thing people can go back and listen to that but 
like kind of what was going on right then in your life and and how that maybe shaped who you are today Ooh, okay so i think uh i think it was an episode of of open lines that i did um i called and talked to you and holly about it and uh, i don't remember at what point in the year but i remember deborah mars um was also on the episode and she talked about astral projection and things and uh and then I started reporting the Sanded Path after okay. that. And it was like uh, this weird, it was like I had cleared the road and like suddenly like, oh, hey, you're allowed to talk. You're allowed to tell stories. Like you have them. They're going to make you fucking crazy. Now you put them out there. Keep putting them out there. Um, that was a big part of what my experience growing up taught me, shaped me into. Um it, uh, you don't talk about it. You just don't talk about it. You just don't talk about it because it's big and it's scary and people cannot relate to it, apparently. And I wonder how that can be true because there are so many of us with similar experiences. The Cliff's Notes, if anyone hasn't gone and, and or hasn't heard that episode, um, I, uh, my dad was a per- political prisoner when I was growing up. My dad uh, was... Detained at an airport once, at um, Dallas Airport, outside of D.C., and uh, and then I didn't see him for a couple of years, and he was held. And you were there when they took him, right? Oh, so I wasn't, I didn't see it happening, but we had gone to pick him up. Oh, you'd gone to pick him up. Yeah, we'd gone to pick him up, and we were waiting at his gate, and his flight came and left, and then another flight after, and then another flight after that, and I was like, what the hell? Where is he? And then um, two FBI agents came out. Uh, shook my mom's hand and told her that we should go home. And, I mean, I was, I don't know how old I was. I was a kid. I was single digits, probably. And uh, so I don't remember the conversation, and I don't remember the atmosphere, and I don't, I just remember the visuals. That's what happened. And then we came home. And then I didn't see my dad for years. And when I did, it was, uh, it was, you know, behind bulletproof glass, and we were both holding a telephone. And he was in a green jumpsuit, and it was surreal. Like, whoa. This shit actually happens. I'm actually doing this right now. And it was weird. It was bizarre trying to pretend like everything was normal. And he'd ask me about my homework. And I, you know, as an as an adult now, I've really had to do a lot of work to figure out, like, what my damage is and, like, where where my laziness really comes from and why I procrastinate so hard about certain things and where all of the anxiety comes from. And you start to realize that it really is as simple as having good habits and having a solid structure, a solid foundation. And when you don't have fucking parents and you are like a 10 or 11 year old kid talking to your dad about your math homework behind bulletproof glass. I mean, it's no wonder that I didn't go to school at 10 or 11. I was over it. I was not about it. Right. I decided that if I was, I mean... I've always been stubborn and strong-headed and whatever, and I just had no one to check that. I had no one to sit me down and make me do my homework. I had no one to tell me, like, this is why school is important. And it's cool. It worked out. I I made the most of it. That's life. You do what you can with what you have, but it's fucked up. And then you can't tell people about it. And that's the really fucked up part. You can't... People would prefer if you didn't. That is my experience. I have a very big mouth. I have to talk about these things. I can keep everyone else's secrets in the entire world, and I do, but I can't keep my own. 
There's no space for it. <laughs> right. There's no space for it, and I can't hold on to this shit. So I tell anyone and everyone who'll listen. Um, and uh, and it's gotten me into a lot of trouble. You find out that people really wish you hadn't said that shit, which is so weird. Like I I wish it hadn't happened. I wish this wasn't my shit to, that I need to talk about, but there it is. It's, um, it's strange that people are having a hard time relating to it. Do you think it's because of just, like, the Muslim aspect of it? You know, and I think it's, a lot of it comes down to uh, it, it's political. And um, in, so when I'm – when I talk to my friends and I, and I am talking about something, you know, political in its nature or social justice or if I'm making comments about the economy or something that's going on in this real mundane facet of our real life, these aren't things that a lot of us are really interested in. And these aren't things that a lot of us are really tuned into. And a lot of us are really bummed out because these are oppressive forces in our life. And because it bums us out, we don't want to talk about it. We don't really want to deal with a minor injustices of our everyday life. So when you start talking about the big shit, like my dad was held under the Patriot Act when I was a child and it fucked up my whole life. That's uh, whoa. Okay. I can't even be bothered that my paycheck was $5 short because my boss doesn't like me. I really can't help you with that. Jeez. People feel guilty. They feel bad. I think they feel really bad and they don't know what to say. And then it just gets uncomfortable. And it doesn't always have to be that way. It, but that's the way that it is a lot of the time, at least in my experience. Yeah, and I think I think like I I can relate to it on a on a on a human level mm-hmm. um, as you talk because it's like my dad also I mean, he wasn't taken as a political prisoner he basically chose yeah. to remove himself from our family's life you know yeah at, at a young age and then my mom basically checked out after that just because oh she God. had five kids yeah. in the early yeah. 80s when divorce was something that you didn't talk about. And and I remember going to school and and we had these cards, these emergency contact cards, and and my mom had remarried and it had a different last name and how embarrassing it was to like, you know, ha- put that on the list of a, a name that wasn't my last name, and and I just say the same thing. I just kind of checked out of school. There wasn't anybody there to enforce anything. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a perfectly human thing, like. All of that sounds like my life, but the details are 100% different from my right, life. Right, You know? Like, you're saying all of this shit, and it's stabbing me right in very familiar wounds in my heart. Like, yep, yep, that's fine. I have that. And I think that... I don't know. A lot of people can relate to that, but then when you start to paint them the picture, I don't know what it is where they're like, ooh, that's weird, that's too much. And I have the same problem when I talk about a lot of things. When I talk about anything real in this, you know, or, or when I talk about ideas, people kind of check out. Not always, but a lot of the time. It's just easier to keep your head down, I think, and not worry so much about anything at all. And that's actually terrible, but it's the kind of world we live in. Right. Um, are you comfortable talking about religion? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay. Cause... I can't do it on my own show. I need to have a conversation <laughs> okay. with someone. Okay, because what I what I see in just general in life are 
when you when you mention a specific re- doesn't matter what the religion is whether you're you're Muslim or Catholic or Mormon the, the if somebody's not of that faith they immediately revert to the stereotype of the um, extreme yep and it lump everything into that extreme and I think with I don't know I'm gonna let you talk about your religious experience for a minute and then maybe I can relate to it better. I've had people tell me like, oh, but you're the exception. Like, I know you and I know that you say that you're a Muslim. So obviously, like, you're just different. (laughs) As if everything else that they've seen is the God's honest truth. That is what it looks like to be a Muslim. That is what it means to be religious and to practice a faith. And, you know, you choose to claim that label for whatever reason, but you're not like that. And 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 ninety nine percent of the human population isn't like that. I mean, even mm-hmm. even Christians don't practice Christianity to the extreme way that you know, like the, the mean, foundation is laid out for them to. Yeah, the really insulting thing is just that. Um, okay, so I'm I'm a practicing Muslim. Uh, emphasis on practicing. I feel like. That's so awful and gross and silly. I can, I, I am able, I am capable of just saying I'm a Muslim. But uh, a lot of the time, I feel the need to defend myself, just fucking gross. Um, and I feel the need to like prove, like, no, I'm making this effort intentionally. Like, this is what I'm doing right now. Um, which is not how it's supposed to work. It's so funny. I have the opposite problem of a lot of people. A lot of people are like, ugh, I was raised a certain way, and it was awful and oppressive, and I'm not into it, I'm not about it, no thank you. And they fly in the opposite direction, and they live, you know, their life. And I just did the opposite of that. And I find that people are just as gross and icky about it. Like, ugh, you're not doing it right. You're not very good at this. You're not whatever. So yeah, religion's interesting. Uh, I'm here to like figure out what's best for me and what I can do for the greater good for like the whole picture for everything that comes before and after this. Uh, and I found a toolkit and a book and a set of ideas that I really jive with. And so I'm gonna hang on to those things. I adopted those values. And I try and live by them. That's me. That's my faith. That's my religion. I'm a Muslim. And that's where, like, that's it. <laughs> there, there are a lot of a lot of people that would ask, how could can you, as an American woman, mm. be a Muslim? And, yeah. And... To those, I I understand that being an American Muslim, I understand what the general consensus is about what it means to be a Muslim and what it means to practice any kind of religion. And um, the real tea is that we're all really ignorant. Even those of us who are in the faith, we're all really ignorant. Like, y'all need to crack a book. You need to sit down. And we all need to be on the same page about what any of this is. It's as simple as this. If I decided I were a Catholic, if I decided I wanted to be a Mormon, it's all pretty much the same thing. You get in with the ideology. You get in... And you go, you know what? That makes a lot of sense to me. There's a lot in this scripture 
there are a lot of these values and these ideals that I really jive with. A lot of it's the same across the board. It all comes pretty much from the same place. So we all have this, this network of ideas of where we came from and what it means to be a good person that we've developed over, you know, our, our lifespan as human beings on this planet. For me, I was raised this way. I kind of lucked into it. This was around me. This was the culture that I was surrounded with. So this is my native idea of where I came from and what it means to be a good person. What it looks like when you're on the outside of that is it looks like it's kind of culty, honestly, across the spectrum. Like wherever you're from in the world, even if it doesn't relate to religion, like if you have a really heavy cultural presence and if like you and your family and your people really embody and live your culture, it's it's foreign. I'm on the outside of that. That's a club that I don't belong to. And that's the that's the problem. That's this like isolationist thing that we all carry around with us as human beings. It's us and it's them. We are different because we practice different things, because we eat different foods. We see the world differently. We tell different stories. But fundamentally, we're all telling the same stories. Right. And pr pretty much every, if you look at, you can look at every religion as a cult and pretty much everything anybody does, even outside of religion. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, look at. Yeah, as a society, we do all kinds of weird shit and we have nothing to back it up with. Like, seriously, we're all a bunch of fucking weirdos out there. And some of us are like, oh, well, I don't believe in anything, as if that justifies it. And in my mind, that makes it twice as weird. Like, what are you doing then? Right. <laughs> right. But, right. What do you think I, we are doing? Oh, my God. I think that we're really lost and really scared, and we're turning outward and, and anywhere but inward. And nobody wants to, like, make the effort. You know, we've been, we've been trained to be really selfish and to be really greedy. And nobody wants to extend any kindness to anyone else. We're being taught not to. <clears throat> we're, we're, uh, okay, let me, let me go back. We'll, we'll build our way up there. Let me do this as linearly as possible. So for me to choose my faith and then to practice it from the outside, I imagine, I don't have to imagine. I know what it must look like. And I understand that people see Muslim women specifically and they see them covering up and they see a lot of them in America choosing to cover up and, and offering that narrative, like, well, this is, I believe in this, and I'm doing this for myself. No one's forcing me to do this. I want to behave this way. I want to dress this way. I want to present myself to the world this way. I don't do those things. So already there's kind of a, there's like this great big question mark. Like, you have all of this data in your head that you've collected just through being in the world of what Islam is and what Muslims are. And we rely on that data. We rely on that small amount of information that we gather just by being in the world and we kind of lean into it and think it's a full picture. And we don't actually do any digging into like what this faith is and what these people are. And maybe we have Muslim friends and maybe we have Muslim coworkers and maybe, you know, we're surrounded by like uh, a very diverse multicultural community. Like I, I've lived outside of DC for most of my life and, and different places that I've lived. There have been a lot of different, uh, concentrate like concentrated bodies of, of different people uh, the closer you live to certain airports the more ethiopians they are there are the you know if you live in where i live now there's a really heavy um latin american population uh, specifically like people from el salvador honduras mexico uh in other parts of where i live you get lots of black folk like it just there's a lot going on maybe you live in a place where you don't have any of that 
so your information is even more limited and you don't realize because you're just, you're in the world and you think that you know. We do this as people, all of us collectively. I do it myself. We don't actually research anything anymore. We have the wealth of human information at our fingertips and we can Google anything that we want and we don't really, like, we don't really dig. We don't really ask questions. You get, like, this surface response from Google and that's good yeah. enough. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is, as we progress and as our technology gets more and more advanced, because we're being trained and because we're allowing ourselves to stop getting curious and to stop asking questions and to stop connecting, I, uh, I was thinking about it the other day. Some, some piece of technology was being funny, and I didn't know how to fix it. And it was strange to me to stop and think, wow, I don't know how to fix this. Like, I, I've been, I've been, I rely on this piece of machinery for so much and I don't even know how it works. And at one point, that wasn't the case. At one point, you know, computers were new on the scene and everyone had to learn how to put one together and had to learn how to, how to make it run optimally and how to get onto the internet and how to navigate the internet. Like you had to learn these things. And now we've cut out the middleman and technology has gotten to a point where it's, it's immediately responsive. You turn your iPhone on out of the box and you can just start tapping the screen and it'll do anything. So we've learned how to input data and we've learned how to receive data, but we haven't, we've, we've kind of let the idea of digging and of innovating and of thinking creatively go. And the people who are trying to innovate and who are building things and who do have ideas, they're all kind of moving in the same direction. Like everyone's trying to reinvent the same wheel and all of us, again, are isolated. It's us and it's them. Nobody's working together. Nobody's asking the big questions or thinking creatively and meeting up with their friends and doing it together to come up with the real magic. So we find ourselves in this situation across the board where I'm the only Muslim that a lot of people have ever met. And I've got a fucking different head of hair every other week and, you know, nose rings and I'm in a band and I uh, am very serious and very silly and nobody knows what the fuck to do with me. And then I throw, I throw it in there like, oh, yeah, I'm a Muslim. And it just completely fucks with their head. <laughs> right. And then they don't want to ask any questions. They don't want to be rude. They don't want to, to offend anyone. So we just don't say anything at all. So nobody connects and nobody collects any information. I'm really glad that you asked me, like, yo, what's the tea with your name? Like, is it okay if I call you Soraya or whatever? Like, yeah, son, my parents did not give me this beautiful, wondrous name that is so rich and so meaningful only for people to just never ask and never know and we'll just not talk about it. You know, they didn't move across the world and I didn't grow up here only to have all of that part of my identity erased because we're too shy and too afraid that we might cause offense. We cause offense in so many ways. It usually comes from being ignorant. And we, we take offense in so many ways as well. Yeah, that too. That too. And we don't make space for ignorance. Like it's, uncomfortable and it's awful but we're all we're all pretty ignorant you don't know anything until you know it you know you have to you have to learn and we have to be gentler and kinder and let each other learn it's okay to be dumb you're not dumb i take it back i wish i hadn't said that it's okay to be ignorant it's okay not to know something you're dumb if you choose to just stay ignorant right and you're dumb if you choose not to be like hey okay no offense or anything but like like is it bob is it bob like what's the deal Right, right, right. Tell me other people. You know, the only times people ask me what I am, what are you? 
Like, no, but like, where are you from? No, like, okay, well, where are your parents from? Okay, that's two different things. Do you want to know about me or you want to know about my parents? Right. And then, what do you mean, what am I? I'm a person. No, but like, where are you from? New Jersey. I grew up in Sterling. Like, what do you want? No, no, no. What's your ethnicity? People only ask these questions because they want a quick, easy explanation for like, why do you look like this? Right. They want to put you in a box. Yeah. And I like, I get it. I get it. But we got to try a little harder. We got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and we have to start making some moves, I think. Do you see that mostly with the older generations or are the younger, like people in their 20s who are your age as well, also still kind of trying to figure you out? Are, is, are younger people more accepting? Uh, it's definitely It's definitely true that older people are set in their ways and um and you get it a lot more you get it so much more oh my gosh i have this dude i work at a bookstore and uh we buy used books and this old man was in his 70s probably and was i had to explain the whole process to him and i'm helping him load his books up and we're we're making small talk it's whatever and uh this farty old man did i tell this story already maybe i'm gonna tell it again this farty old man uh, asks me my name and proceeds to, like, mangle seven or eight different languages as he tries to, like, throw stock flirty phrases at me as I'm taking his stupid Louis L'Amour paperbacks off it. <laughs> and, uh, and he asks me my name. I said, Soraya. And he walks away. He comes back a couple hours later. I'm helping other people. There's a full desk. We're busy. I'm, I've literally got a person I'm face-to-face with. And he just butts in, interjects himself physically. Fucking old white men. I envy this so much. They just take up whatever space <laughs> they want. They, he literally just elbows his way in, snaps his finger and points in my face and goes, Sacagawea. <laughs> uh, Sacagawea. No! No! <laughs> Oh, that's too good. <laughs> so you don't get as much of that <laughs> with people my age. Right, right. We also but don't have very many people your age with Louis of the Moore books. That's true. That's true. I don't know any Western fans my age. But, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know, we're closer to the ground. There's more of us. There's more of us who have varied experiences than those of us who have cookie cutter, you know, uh, wholesome ideal lives. So I think more of us understand that there is life and it is varied. Um, and so there's, a, there's more room, uh, and we're, we're very vocal because of the way that information is spread. Now we have more opportunities to talk to each other. Um, and I can't say that the quality of the conversation is always very, you know, deep or anything, but like you can literally talk to anyone in the world at any time. Like we can, we just tweet at each other all the time. We just tweet. We just, we put it out there. We talk to whomever, whenever we share our thoughts as we have them. And a lot of the time we have thoughts that are crappy. Like, Oh, I just experienced racism at the fucking grocery store. And then people chime in and go, yo, me too. What's up with that? That's lame. And, you know, there's there's more of it. Right, that's interesting. I never thought of it like that, about how 
everyone used to just kind of keep all these thoughts in their head and now they're now that we have this mechanism to well several mechanisms to just throw them out there yeah and some of us are funny as shit so it then takes off and it becomes viral and then people who who don't experience those things see those tweets and those videos and those vines and and they share it and it spreads and that information travels and suddenly you're exposed to I mean, not always, because there are efforts to curb our universe and to to keep us limited in the information that we see. Um, but you do still see more than you would otherwise. Speaking of, of old man, white privilege, mm-hmm. this is something I've been struggling with a lot. And I want to ask you, mm-hmm. like, how how do you think as... So I've been just with the people I follow on Instagram have been, you know, seeing a lot of people who are fighting um, just for survival, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and, and they talk a lot about white privilege and, and how, how maybe like being able to manifest something isn't necessarily so metaphysical as it is white privilege, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I kind of struggle with that because it's like, what am I supposed to do if as, as a white, male and there are opportunities afforded to me should they not be taken or sh- should they be I don't like I'm I don't know what to do with I mean I'm 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 poor so like yeah. a lot of my white privilege is stripped away just in in my from my bank account <laughs> numbers yeah. but there are things that I'm able to do that that you probably would have to you could probably do but it's going to take you your road's going to be a lot harder than mine yeah. and so what what, what what i don't know i guess that's something i should be answering it's like i don't know what to do with that well here's what i think about it i think guilt is a human construct that we all we invent it and we carry it around for ourselves and other people enforce it and we kind of just we live with that and it's so easy to like do that to other people and to make other people feel badly and to make them feel guilty. And, uh, and I think with white privilege, it's one of those times where it's like, Oh fuck, <laughs> am I doing enough? Like this doesn't feel good. Uh, am I part of the problem? I think first we have to eliminate that because we are what we are. You didn't get to fucking choose. I didn't get to, I didn't choose to be a kind of Brown, you know, small pretty girl it's fucking stupid i didn't ask for this but it's what i am and i'm here for it i dig it i make the most of it if you're a white dude you're a white dude what does that mean i think there is no answer like there's no like ah here's the solution i think it's just showing up i think it's in every day when you're presented with something like i was talking about connecting we all have these ideas and and some of us are are trying to build things and doing things and we all end up kind of doing the same thing and not working together. Well, you started open lines. So now look at all of these people and all of their netcasts and all of the things that they're saying. We're all saying the same thing and you've unified it and you've started a larger conversation. And maybe, you know, your privilege didn't have as much to do with it, but it was taking the initiative to, to just do the thing to do the thing, to make a thing, to create something new, you know, to build something. And I think that that's most important. It doesn't matter for any of us what kind of money we have or don't have. Um, we do have, a lot of us do have 
inherit privileges. So knowing that and being able to utilize that and not feel badly about it. Mostly it's a case of like learning to live comfortably with yourself and not having to feel like you're anything more or less. You just are, you know? Right. And I, and I say that cause I, I know I have a tendency to harp about like, Oh, that asshole over there. I'm human. I other people too. I talk about how lame it is when people do it to me and then I turn around and do it. I'm not perfect. Uh, and it's not like, oh, they suck because they are that thing. It's they suck because they are behaving in the way that that particular privilege affords them. Right. This old white man elbowed his way into the front of a busy line. Excuse me, sir, that is rude. And no one's going to say anything to you because you're old as shit. And you've lived your whole life thinking, I am allowed. I am allowed to move to the front of the line. I have something to say to you. I don't think he meant anything by it. He wasn't trying to be disruptful. He didn't see it as a problem. These people are doing a thing. Their thing doesn't concern me. Not that their thing is beneath me. I just genuinely didn't notice their thing because I don't care. Because I have something to say. And I'm going to say it. That is the most white man shit in the world. <laughs> right, right. Um, and it's it's just learning to exist in the world, like anything else, like anything else. Like I, I, okay, if I'm a pretty girl, like what, what can I do with that? How can I use that? I can be nice to people. This is so fucking gross to say out loud, but it's something that I struggle with. I didn't always used to be a pretty girl. I used to feel really badly about myself and my life and I had a really hard time and I was really overweight and I was frumpy and sad. And when you are something and when you feel it like that, that shit manifests, you pour it out of you. You put bad juju out there. I was one of those kinds of people. So it didn't matter what I looked like, what I felt like, plus what I looked like created this aura of bullshit. So when those things stopped being true, and I started to stand up a little straighter and to feel a little better and to be more kind to myself and then to the world around me, you know, you shine a little brighter and people are attracted to that. And I experience this problem now where people look at me and treat me a certain way without ever stopping to like, you know, say hello or be mildly polite or courteous or respectful. Right. Fucking old dudes going Sacagawea and telling me they love me in Hebrew. Like, fuck off, dude. I'm just <laughs> trying to earn my paycheck. Uh, right. But I've also come to realize that I've had a hard fucking life and I'm tired and I'm bitter and I'm jaded and I'm tired of being an asshole. And I see people all the time in the world who are grumpy and annoyed and bitter and jaded. And I don't feel that way right now. So I offer them kindness and I'll smile at them. If I make eye contact with someone accidentally, I always smile and then I'll look away. Like I don't have to, I can, that's, that's just nice. It's just nice. That was for free. You have this and then I'm going to mind my own business. I'm not even going to make it weird. Yeah, man. And like, I mean, from what I've been told, it's, it's nice. It's nice to be smiled at by a pretty girl, I guess. It kind of makes me sick to my stomach, but Hey, if that's what we're working with, like I, that's something that I can do. And it doesn't cost me anything, and I don't feel bad or weird about it. If it means that much to people to have someone 
I guess who looks like me to be nice and to stop and make small talk with you and to brighten your day a little. Fuck it, I can do that. You can have ten seconds of my time. I wasn't doing anything else with it. Right, right. It's, I don't know, it's it's there. It is a surface thing. It's a passing, fleeting thing that happens, but every little bit counts in this life. Right, right. And and I, But I also get the part where, you know, like I've, I've just become a curmudgeon lately. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's, I try to embrace, I do embrace it, I actually, I do embrace mm-hmm. this idea of, of we're all connected and we're all one and love everybody and forgive everything. But also, fuck all of you. But fuck all of you, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> it's like, it's like, we're we at, suck uh, so hard. We're at the at, at a, the the mission um, San Juan Capistrano, which is old mission up mm-hmm. the co- north of San Diego, and it's the day after Christmas. I'm not a practicing anything as far mm-hmm. as religion goes. We were just it was just on a on a whim. Yeah, it's just and a cool thing to see. We're in this chapel, and it's you know I'm not Catholic, and I don't pray to uh, a, a white man God like most American religions. Mm-hmm. But it was just nice to be sitting there with people who are, you know? Yeah. And these people won't shut the fuck up, you know? And it's like, can't we just have a... Can, we're in the chapel. Can you just shut the fuck up? You know, just talking, you know, taking pictures, little kids running around. And it's like, can't this be the one place? And, you know, and Holly's like, <laughs> yeah. just chill out, old man. You know? But I'm just, I just get irritated. But at the same time trying i'm trying to understand everybody and 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 you know love my enemies yeah. but man people but suck man they really be trying it <laughs> they really be trying it though oh yeah i uh i know what you mean i i oh, i really have this problem lately where i don't give a shit about humanity and, and uh even my own humanity, like, honestly, I've been kind of over it lately, <laughs> and that's really troubling, um, but also I don't give a shit, like, I'm very content to just, like, yeah, whatever, this is a season of, of compassionate lethargy, I guess, like, fuck you guys, <laughs> but I, I don't really, I just hope it doesn't bleed over into, like, a complete loss of hope, except that's what it feels like. Like, I'm not really, so I, okay, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings ever, and I think entirely too much about other people, what they might be thinking, and I have all of these expectations that I struggle to shed myself of, so when I'm doing the sainted path, I end up not saying anything at all. I actually don't listen to my own show because I just feel like it must be completely maddening to have me touch upon all these really vague notions and not give you anything to work with but i i genuinely cannot bring myself to let the words come out of my mouth like they i I don't even have the words i can't think of anything specific while i'm talking to you because what if someone hears this shit and i know that they will it's always that way man you say you say one thing and you feel like oh god was that petty and then someone definitely heard you say that petty thing (laughs) and and it definitely comes up yeah but but even if you say something completely enlightening yeah somebody's gonna take exception Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and so I've been weighing risk a lot lately, um, and trying to understand for myself that like it is okay to 
take that risk as long as your intentions are pure and you're trying to be constructive and you're trying to grow you have to go out on a limb and say something that maybe someone will not like because the truth of it is if people are afraid of you talking about their poor behavior maybe they shouldn't be behaving so poorly right the people who take exception are the ones who are behaving poorly yep and that's another thing i've had to ask myself a lot lately if people really be pissing me off this much what is it about me that i'm that i'm seeing like what is being reflected to me like what am i supposed to learn here is it patience okay cool i'm gonna sit quietly for a long ass time <laughs> i don't have anything to say right now this for the first time in my life i haven't been recording the same path for a lot of reasons i've been bouncing all over the place trying to keep my shit together but also i just i gotta sit i gotta not say anything for a while because what the fuck I'm tapped. I I I don't know you guys. I really don't know about any of you. I really don't know and I'm just trying to make sure I can figure myself out. Well, what do you do about that? I think that's what people like about the sainted path is it's it's you don't know. Most people don't. And this is human the human experience is weird. Mm. You know, just being alive is weird. And yeah, really that's kind is. of what I've been sitting with a lot lately is like what the fuck is happening yeah how did this happen how did we get here why are we here god i guess it's kind of comforting to know that that's never going to go away maybe i need to <laughs> i don't know i maybe don't know if I it's comforting to... i mean I, it's good to brace myself you know maybe i need to shift my perspective and i need to realize like you're never going to fucking know I don't think anybody ever knows. Even the people who seem to have it figured out, I don't think oh my really God, they know. Don't know. Oh my God, they don't know. They're lying harder than I am. Right. They're, they're hoping. They're hoping harder than I am that they're right. Do you know it's really discouraging to have people tell you that you're wrong about what you believe? You're doing the wrong thing. You're making the wrong choice. This happened uh, recently. And I, I, my boyfriend's a white guy. And no one ever stopped to ask. None of my family ever asked what this white guy believes. They just assumed he wasn't Muslim. And to them, that's really, really important. And the truth is, to me, that's really, really important. Uh, nobody stopped to ask if that was important to me. Nobody asked to stop, or nobody stopped to ask if, if, I don't know. So the conversation went like this, like, hey, we're really concerned because I don't know if you know, but that's a bad decision that's a bad idea for you. That's going to be a real burden for you. I'm sure it feels nice to be in love and all that now, but you're wrong. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm old as shit, okay? I've done this a couple times now just because this is the first one that I ever thought to tell you about or to bring home. All right, guys. We're doing this. Okay. Here's how it goes. As it turns out, we actually believe the same things. I don't know if you've noticed. Secondly, I care very much about what I believe. It is the thing that gets me out of bed every day. It is the last thing that I think about before I go to bed every night. Every time I panic in the middle of the day, and that's most of the day, uh, it's the thing that I am reflecting on and thinking about and trying to come up with answers. This is my toolkit. This is who I am. So yeah, I get it. I see where you're coming from. I understand. But also, I already know what's up. 
Secondly, nobody stopped to ask, man. That just blows my mind. Nobody stopped to ask. We just assumed. Yo, he's not Muslim. You're making a poor decision. I don't even want to touch on that. And I, and I, we just, we're so funny. People are so funny. So then the third thing is, I get that you guys care and you're concerned for my immortal soul. I get that that's a big deal. <laughs> like, I understand what it, I am a part of this. So I understand perfectly what it means to genuinely believe that we're going to die and then the real shit show is going to commence and we're really going to understand what it was all about. And we don't know. So we have to make the effort now while we can. We have to make it count while we can because we really don't know. And I, I really appreciate that I have that. I am really grateful that I have that, that on some level, on any level at all, there are people in this world who really care about whether or not I'm going to be all right. Yeah, they're just worried about you. They're just worried. They're worried about your, not just you in the present, they're worried about you for eternity. And that's dope. That's beautiful. I am really, really lucky to have that. A lot of people don't. But here's the thing. And it feels so awful to be old, to grow up, to be an adult, and to stand on your own two feet and realize that you're standing on your own two feet. This is it. <laughs> you're out here. You're going to die alone. And if there is a God and you are going to have a conversation, he's going to have that conversation with you alone. And it doesn't matter what was going on around you. At the end of the day, you had to decide. You made the choices. You took the steps or did not take the steps. And it's beautiful that we all have our own idea about what that means, but it's also fucking terrifying that we all have our own idea about what that means, including those of us who allegedly believe the same things. Right, right. You just said we're all going to die alone, and as you said that, I thought, well, we all live alone mm -hmm. as well. I mean, mm -hmm. even when you're with a bunch of people believing the same thing, you're still alone in your head. You're still alone, and you don't ever actually know what's going on in anyone else's head. And we can stop, and we can voice our concerns. But the thing that I really want to know and really want to understand is, why are we all doing that? I'm tired of being afraid. I live with so much anxiety. It is actually physically painful. My heart works too hard. My central nervous system was fucked from early childhood. I had my parents taken away from me. One of them willingly checked it was a lot to deal with. I have been stressed out forever. It's my body's natural impulse. And trying to reprogram that shit is a full-time job. Holy butts. I'm exhausted. And I still have to get up every day and I still have to figure it out. Little by little, day by day. So, I'm trying to do that with less of the fear. And I'm trying to assuage my own fears and everyone else's at the same time. And that's not my job. So I would like to propose this. We all need to take a chill pill and we all need to try and figure out kindness again. We got to figure this shit out for ourselves. Maybe we can have our ideas and maybe we can share our ideas and go, hey, you know, I'm worried about your immortal soul, but we can find a way to be nicer. And instead of going, I'm really afraid that you're doing something wrong, we can come at it from the opposite perspective and go, hey, like, tell me about all the things that are going right. Let's troubleshoot this from the opposite angle. Let's be fucking nice. And it all 
happens because we're all afraid. I get that. We don't, I don't think anyone really means to be unkind. Some of us do. I can't speak to those assholes. I fucking work in retail. Some people just wake up every day and go, who do I get to be a dick to today? Because they can. And right. I'm kind of envious, but also, like, I wouldn't want to live that way. Corrode your soul. Right. I, I have daughters who work in uh, the restaurant industry. And so oh, no. they just tell me about how terrible, especially at Christmas time, how terrible the people are who come mm-hmm. in to eat. It's like you're, you're having somebody serve you food, delicious food, and you're still being a bitch. Yeah, that's unreal. When people are rude to, to service people, like, that's the truest test of character. Like, you know exactly what you're dealing with right there. They can put on whatever other kind of face that they want, but if you see someone being rude to a waiter or a gas station attendant, you fucking take note of that. That's a jerk. Right. That's a person that needs to, to be approached like, hey, how about we don't? How we don't be a terrible, awful human being. I, what do you think it is? Why, like, people love to complain. Like, it's, I just, as you were saying before, like, it's like, how about we talk about the things that are good? How about what's going right? But nobody wants to talk about what's going right. Well, the, the people, people who things are going right for want to talk about the things that are going right, but nobody else wants to hear about the things that are going right in anyone's life. They're all looking for a morsel. It seems like. Mm-hmm. that they can take and as soon as you're out of the room they can turn around and talk to other people about the shit going on yeah i'm sure we all know plenty of people who just talk and talk and talk and talk and always complain and always have something to say and we all we all probably know one um you know well at least kind of i think we all do it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah all of us true. we all yeah. know somebody we all know ourselves we all do it complaining and bitching and going negative is the easy funner thing to do i think it's just because it's it's so much easier i you know actually i take that back it's not any easier it takes the same amount of effort to do the other you just have to train yourself to make that effort and then it becomes as natural as complaining does maybe maybe we're programmed by the powers that be i mean that's probably more what it is is like whatever it is like whether it's Whatever you believe in, the Illuminati or corporate or overlords or the the mass uh, mainstream media, mm-hmm. like they need us to be, they 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 train us to be to live in fear. Absolutely. It's, it, and fear is where we make these rash decisions. Like no good decision was ever made out of fear. That's absolutely it, though. Even if you don't believe in you know the Illuminati or the evil corporate overlords or the Bilderberg group or whatever the fuck or the reptilians like even if you don't care about any of that that's absolutely it that's absolutely it it's isolationist and when you isolate people when you get them to be so afraid that they do it themselves that they box themselves in you can move them around and manipulate them better and more easily and make more money off of them if you don't believe in the devil and you don't believe in the nefarious you know dastardly plans of of the Rothschild family or or whatever other human being if you don't think that Donald Trump is listen, Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about any of us Donald Trump is an inherently selfish human being who's just trying to make money because that's what he believes in, that's what he puts his stock in, that's what he puts all of his faith in, is the dollar and that's all any of us are out here doing, we're trying to figure out what's up And then we're sticking to that shit and we're so afraid about the alternatives and we're so afraid that we're wrong, that we're going to hold on to it. And boy, howdy, are we going to be a bunch of assholes because we're all so afraid. 
And nobody wants to stop and admit that. Everyone has to be right. That's how you cover up your fear. No, I'm right, though. No, but my faith is the only true faith. No, but my version of God. No, but the way that I practice. No, but the things that I believe. No, but my stock portfolio is the real tea. And you're an idiot. And you're wrong. Right. Right. What the hell is all that about? I don't know. I don't know, but I, you know, I think... And, like, also, is... can't we just be wrong, then? Like, can't we just take a chill pill? <laughs> right. Can't we be wrong? I'm going to take a turn that I was not expecting to take, but mm-hmm. only because you brought up Donald Trump, or I think it's above Donald Trump, where, mm-hmm. like, I don't care who it is mm-hmm. in 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 political power. Yeah. They're manipulating. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, that's what I've been saying my whole life, because I've seen it firsthand. These are just figureheads. These are just the Brad Pitts of the world. Donald Trump, like the president of the United States, that doesn't fucking mean anything, you guys. The guy doesn't actually do, like, huh. you don't get it, do you? He's just a puppet. He's just a puppet. Right, and it becomes a scapegoat for people's poor behavior, I think, where it's like, it's like fucking Donald Trump. Donald, yeah. And it's like, yeah, but we could still make change with yeah. him in office. We can still choose. You know, people only pay attention to elections when they're happening. Is This is... Americans, y'all can't complain because you do it. You do it to yourselves. We are not willing to be as uncomfortable as we need to be. If you want to incite change, you got to get up and you got to go out into the world and you have to make the effort, not just for yourself, but for other people. And not enough of us are willing to do that. And I understand it because it seems fruitless and it's tiring and sometimes it can be dangerous and we don't want to shake the scheme of things too hard because let's be real, a lot of us have it really good. Even those of us who are struggling and who are fucking broke and semi-homeless, I've got it really good. Right. That's that American privilege because when you look yeah. at the rest of the world, Donald Trump's a nothing. You know what I mean? As far as, Seriously. As far as evil leaders are concerned. Dude, I like. I was just talking, my brother was just telling me about going on vacation wherever and he's fucking brown. Like you're not going to catch him casually sightseeing and visiting in Israel or whatever. Like I, I don't need to be arrested and detained for no reason. I don't need to be harassed like that. I'm not signing up for that on my days off. Like, you know, uh, and I think we're just, we just use any excuse like, okay, Donald Trump's an evil monster, but Look at how many of us are so excited about that because now we get to pick up our bullhorns and we get to be evil monsters too. Those are choices that we're making. Right, right. That's my number one complaint. I didn't want to make turn this into a Donald Trump thing, but that's my number one complaint is about people's people's number one complaint about Donald Trump is how he's a bully, yet they'll turn around and mock the color of his skin and his ugly hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like you're yeah. doing the exact same thing. Like he he his policies are bad enough. You don't need to make it a personal attack on appearance. Do you know to move it away from Donald Trump but to stay on the same page? Thank you. It's it's similar it's similar like going back to religion. When you practice with a group of people and you stop and talk to that group of people about the world around you, you hear people say some really gnarly things. Uh it doesn't matter where you come from and it doesn't matter who your people are or what your skin color is. Every large body of human beings owns up to a little bit of racism. Like we all, we all do it. We turn around and we say something about someone else that we, we carry ideas and we, we emphasize stereotypes and we make judgments. We're very judgmental. It doesn't matter what group of people you belong to. Your group will have its judgments that they are happy to vocalize 
in the safety of their own numbers. Right. And that's really interesting to me. That's really telling. Like, okay, so in this one facet of your life, you're making an effort to be bigger and better, but not in every facet of your life, huh? You you made it a point to, to get together to talk about the thing that you believe, but you're not really making it a point to live that thing that you believe because you just said that. You just did that. You You believe that about your neighbor. Your neighbor might be a different color than you, but he's still your neighbor. He's still a person. Right. And it's not just about race. It comes down to, oh, they believe something else. They're non-believers. So we will shun them. Motherfucker, are they not a human being? Are they not a person? I don't give a shit what anyone else believes. I genuinely, at this stage in the game, I don't give a shit what anyone else believes because I can't help you either way. Right, I right. Can't believe help you. what you're going to believe. Seriously, man, the wind is still going to blow wherever it's going to blow, and I got shit to do. So... Keep it to yourself if that's what it comes down to. If I'm wrong, then let me be wrong. I will meet God and I'll go, oops. I, I mean, I tried. I thought I was, I thought I was doing it right. And I don't give a shit if you're not going to make the effort. I don't give a shit at this point. If you're not into that, then don't be into that. But for real? <laughs> right, right. And I, I think too that, like, I don't know, maybe this is just, my American white privilege speaking and it's so easy to say where it's like I just kind of feel like this system this the system that is in place is always in place mm -hmm. from the beginning of human beings there's been a, a, a body that controls everybody else there's been yeah. a government that forms and and a system that gets put in place for any community and it's kind of it's more fun to me to like figure out how to work the angles of that system necessarily mm -hmm. than trying to topple the system. Now, now this comes from somebody who, who's despite, like, despite being kind of a broke ass mm -hmm. hobo guy mm -hmm. lives a pretty good life. You know what I mean? So it's like, and, and that's just my perspective. So I guess from somebody else's perspective where they're, they're living in like these migrants coming up from South America, mm -hmm. they're, they're, their life is so shitty yeah. that they're willing to like meet the national guard at the border, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and fight for a change where like my life's so comfortable. I'm just like, I'm having fun or I'm having more fun playing the game than like trying to like bring down the system. And yeah. maybe that's wrong too. I don't know. I don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore. And it does kind of scare me because like I've been, I've been there and I don't say this because it's a cool thing or because I, I just, it happened and it was part of my life. I lived in Egypt for four years and during that time there was a revolution on and I was there because I cared and I wanted to take part and I too believed in the things that we were fighting for. And so I went and I stood and I, and I laughed and I cried and it was a whole thing. And I grew up here just outside of DC and I lived the kind of life that I lived and I saw firsthand what injustice was. And so I went out and I marched and I, and I sang and I yelled and I tried and I fucking got hogtied and sat my ass down on the curb time and time again. My God. I was watching when, uh, when they elected Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme hmm. Court, right. I was, uh, I was with some friends and I talked about this on the Tainted Path. It was surreal to see, uh, one of my friends is an older white lady, so she's got a different kind of life than I do. She grew up 
a different kind of way than I did. Okay. And to see when I was growing up, I had a real prejudice. I had a real problem with, with people who had like obvious amounts of white privilege who chose to be politically ignorant and who turned a blind eye to, to other types of society and people suffering. Like I, I went to school with all these little suburban white kids and their perfect shiny, happy families. And I fucking hated every one of them. Like, fuck you guys. I don't get to have that so that you do. Like there was no reason for me to not have that. And you, you know, like I felt personally offended, like what the fuck? I was a small kid and, and like, you couldn't, you couldn't try just a little bit to change the system to like, what the fuck? I was too young to, right. to recognize that disparity and I had to recognize it. And that's not cool. It's not cool for, for that to happen to people. It's not cool for small children to be detained and to be put in cages. And we do this shit all the time. We let it happen. So anyway, uh, watching someone that I once thought so little of recognize like, oh, fuck, this is really bad. This is really bad. What do we do about this? This is really bad. How are they arresting those people? It's a weekend. Those people are going to have to sit in jail over the weekend. That's not right. That's not right. What do we do about this? And to hear it from, you know, the other side, it was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't, I, uh, this doesn't feel good. I don't want it to hear anyone else feel the, these things. I don't want any of us to feel these things. I don't feel vindicated. I don't feel any better because now someone else recognizes like, oh, we got to do something about this. We just need to fucking do something about this so we can all stop feeling this way. Right. Um, and, and that's hard. Like, what well, do you I think do? It, I think it begins with the individual and then how do you get all these billions of individuals to together? Like, what do you build? How do you change it? And that's really frustrating. For, and You know, like, what do we do, though? What kind of effort do we make? Tear gas is not an option for everyone, man. In our American society, like, let's be real. We're not trying to riot in the streets. We're not trying to have a civil war. We're all too fucking soft for it, frankly. And a lot of us have guns. So it's really right. not a cool. It's not cool. We're not trying to do this. So what do we do? We think about our privilege. We stop feeling bad about our privilege and we start asking ourselves, okay, what can I pull together that other people can't? How can I unify people in ways that other people can't? Who can I talk to? How, like, I have these discussions with my friends because it is vital and important for us to have these discussions because we'll build ideas that way. And then we share those ideas and then we go, oh, I have this friend I want you to meet. Oh, I know this dude, Mark, and he's got this radio station and I've got this show and you should fucking check this out. And we go from there and it seems inconsequential and maybe it's never enough and maybe we're not going to change anything at all, but you have to do something, right? Like that's a thing. And we have to pat ourselves on the back, God damn it. And do more things instead right, of going, right. Oh, it's not enough. No, we're doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And you said it, that was the key. We need to unify. We need to, we need to focus on, on unifying rather than separating. Cause it seems like a lot of, a lot of, people who are out there fighting the good fight and out there fighting for equality are still using tactics of separation rather than finding ways to unify. Yeah, man, I really don't care what anyone else believes or is doing as long as it's not harmful to anyone else, man. That's it. Are we hurting each other? Yes, we are actively hurting each other. So let's first correct that. Let's stop hurting each other. 
Let's start being nice to each other. That's where we start, my dudes. There you go. Today the Great gave you the answer. Here's your starting point. Be fucking nice. Be nice to yourself. Be nice to other people. We'll figure it out as we go, and we'll figure it out together. That's it. Well, what what about somebody who would say, no matter how nice I am to this person, they're still trying to keep me down? Being nice doesn't mean eating shit. Being nice doesn't mean we all be daisies and sunshine. When I talk about being kind and I talk about being nice, I mean, we really need to reevaluate human dignity. And we need to look at each other and ask, are we being respectful of each other's humanity? Am I making enough space for you to exist as comfortably as I do in this world? I don't have to like you. I don't have to be your friend. I don't have to fucking smile at you or make small talk with you if I don't want to. And frankly, I don't want to anymore. So what we got to (laughs) do is understand that we're allowed to feel those things and we're allowed to not be friends, but we still have to be kind and we still have to show up for each other. You still have to be willing to fight for the people that you don't like. If you believe in a thing, if you believe in freedom, if you believe in justice, if you believe in free speech, if you believe in inequality and love for everyone, then you have to fight for those things for everyone, whether you like them or not. Otherwise, you don't really believe that, do you? You like it, it's cool, but you're not willing to fight for it, are you? Right. There's no reason that any of us need to to sacrifice ourselves. You don't have to... I mean, kill your ego and all that. This is getting a little complicated. What I mean to say is that you don't have to die for some asshole who would not do it for you. But you should try for that asshole. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I fall into that trap a lot where I give too much of myself to people who don't deserve it. And then I get hurt for it. Don't do that. But do still extend kindness to those people do still let those people know because when you do that you're not taking anything from yourself you're giving them not only kindness but you're giving them the tools to understand like oh this is really nice i can be this way all the white dudes in the world can snap and point in my face and go sacagawea and i'm gonna (laughs) laugh at it every time i'm gonna laugh at it every time is it ignorant and really really ridiculous yes but also It's hilarious, and now I can go and tell other people, and we can all laugh, and we can all have that moment of lightness, and we can learn some shit. Right, right. Like, like in the moment, that guy was being a complete rude prick, but over time, you've taken that, and now you you can use it as a story to educate. Yeah, man. Sacagawea. As (laughs) I live and breathe. (laughs) Well, Sacagawea, the great... (laughs) This has been fun. It has been. <laughs> it's nice to not talk to yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. And, and I... When my rambling days are over And my gambling days are through When my rambling days are over And my gambling days are through If you tell me that you love me, I'll be coming back to you.